Okay, the talk title is Petty Speech. Petty is, uh, comes from the French word, I feel, or I think, doesn't it? Petit. It's like there's so many ways that this can be looked at. You can, this is something that you can be uh, petty or mean or uh, impolite or disrespectful by being using speech. I just wanted to address that a little bit because it seems that quite often we do that. Maybe we, we may not say it in our, you know, to someone or something, but we might uh, come to a conclusion about someone that may have some relative uh, truth to it in, in terms of what they're doing, how they're acting, but that kind of, but to come in and label that, the guy clamps down on it. Like to uh, uh, say, uh, I can't remember what was the one word, the word man that you said so many nice things about, and then you. Huh? Yeah. So, Kozan, you won't mind me saying this. I don't really care if you do mind. <laughs> but anyway. So Kozan, who is a senior monk here, and I pick on quite regularly, I'm sure you've noticed, and that's because, why do I do that? Because I love you. Yeah. So she tends to, occasionally, I don't say it's, it's not once a day or anything like that, is it? Good response. So. Uh, just to use uh, that situation, uh, Kozan was talking about something in a very favorable, with many words about a nice person and all of the nice things. And then at the end of the thing, instead of just leaving it at that, she said, well, he's kind of a doofus. <laughs> Do you guys know what a doofus is? So doesn't doofus seem somewhat kind of demeaning or... When you say doofus, what would, what... What really good words, kind words, respectful words could you use to maybe address that? What what came out as doofus? What? You don't have anything? Well, I could ask questions about it. Go ahead. Well, I mean, it was it was um. So he kind of acts like a doofus sometimes, but but he's really nice. And yeah, no, that's so much. You pointed that out and. Realized that that wasn't necessarily. I did. You talked about how just speech will condition or influence your reference point. How yeah. you see things without even realizing. Without even knowing it, you're actually preventing yourself from seeing what's in front of you, which is your Buddha nature. You might be way down the side of the mountain, but it still is going to, you know, it's a long journey. It's a long, difficult area. Start now. Clean that up. When I say clean it up, look at how cluttered it is. Don't you don't have to do away with that if you just see that there is kind of an impulse to to comment in a negative way about something that you know the other one is uh, that we talked about was bobblehead. Could be it could have some truth to it. Uh, when you and I talked this morning on the, on the way into the monastery about. I think it was in one of the book studies or something. And uh, Uno really likes people and wants people to really like her. Is that true? Uh, aren't you Uno? Yeah. Get your name mixed up there. So, so she would, in the book study, anytime anybody would make any statement about anything, she'd go, 
question of what did I say in my with my wisdom and my great understanding? What did I say to stop that? <laughs> or something like that. Well, it was the instruction you give in the book study as a yeah. facilitator. We're not looking for consensus, and I realized how much I, de I depended on other people's approval for yes. what I just said. Otherwise, it's very lonely. Yeah. At least that's my Another kind of uh, uh, heady approach, something that takes uh, a conversation, an interaction between two people that is very respectful, where, where the primary idea there is to not only respect one another, but to actually communicate what's happening from here and get that to you so that you can, in such a way that it's very clear. And so it's always mutual. Conversation is never about me talking to you and you listening, or you talking to me and me listening. Although that is a, an, an important aspect of it. One of the ways, and there are many, and we can do some questions around this, which I would very much like to respond to. The last one I'll, I'll say, I'll point out, uh, is, and I do this occasionally. Some people are very much, anytime you say anything, they'll, they'll say, right, 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 right. That's R-I-G-H-T, 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 right, 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 or right, 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 right. Just right, one right is not a good idea to do that when it comes to petty mind, petty speech. Petty mind is something that the Vidyadara Trungpa Rinpoche would use that to talk about our smallness lack of openness and wanting to contain something so we have a sense of possession or at least some kind of relative safety for the what the ego so when you say right 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 you actually are you're actually preventing yourself not only the person you're responding to with right 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 you're actually it's, it's as if you're saying uh, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm going to agree with that but that's it i'll just agree with that right 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 right, right. It's not, you haven't, if you do that, you have not really heard what was being said to you. How do you know if you've heard what was being said to you? You shut up and you listen. And you don't just listen up to the point where it's time to say, right, 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 because you have something to say. You actually wait, as you heard me say before, perhaps, been here before, wait for the period. It's very simple. It's very respectful. If you're speaking to someone that is, your interchange with them is actually is going to have some value to it, then that person is it will be fine more than likely with seeing that you're waiting for the period. They're not going to jump right in and fill up all the space so you never get to say anything. If they're doing that, then you might want to just listen to them because it sounds like they may have some difficulties. Let's do some Q and A here. Go ahead. Chiamai, is there a difference between petty and casual speech? I think so. The petty is, is uh, has more of a it's more of a small mindedness that, that's not expansive, more contained, and more more about you and how you're doing and so on. And casual is uh, has its difficulties in that area, but the casual speech might depend upon your the foundation of the uh, the relationship in the first place. Talking to one spouse or something could be very casual in that way. And in in that area, those kinds of things like Doofus or Bobblehead or uh, any of those things it might even show up and might not be all that 
all that problematic because you're you're in a in a relationship with someone that you're so intimate with that the, all of the other areas have been covered, and so there's a little bit of humor acting in that area. So it's not always true, as uh, Suzuki Roshi said, uh, put on the cover of one of his books. Not always so. There's anything that's always the case. If it is, then you don't see it. She's on bowing. Um, when I'm talking maybe with Senshu or one of the close Dharma brothers or sisters, it can be casual just because the guard kind of comes down. When we're talking with the teacher, um, what kind of attention should be paid when we're having any type of conversation with the teacher? Just watch the form. This doesn't mean you can't be casual or joke or something. Just, just observe the form. The teacher, not just this teacher, but any person who's a true teacher, who teaches out of what they see, what they're receiving, not what they know. A true teacher might know a tremendous amount, but receiving comes first before any kind of production in the form of teaching. So the teacher is not missing much. If they're a true teacher, probably not missing anything. I mean, they're missing uh, what color that side of the building is painted. And I'm saying it's some kind of silly idea of panoramic awareness that sees everything, but it, it, that awareness is not filled up with anything, so it's always on receive. Go ahead. The way that we communicate is really conditioned, it seems. Um, so if we're not paying attention, it just stuff comes out. And I'm wondering how to work with tightening up language. You're doing it. Just by being able to ask me that question tells me you're looking at that. You say stuff just comes out. That's, that's how it's done. I mean, how do you, you can't do it in, in the place. You can't, you can't decide on the, uh, you know, when you're uh, 300 feet above the ground that you shouldn't have jumped from that plane. But just be aware that you're about to smash into the ground. Just stay where you're at, be where you're at, rather than some kind of idea about where you're at. So I follow you, what you're saying, but and how do you do that? How do you train that? Face the wall. Sit down, hold still, be very still, and watch the way your personal body-mind complex, the way your mind stream actually comes out of, who knows where this comes from? Who knows? Shazer down. Who knows? I think I got that right. Uh, Thumbs up from Joyce. No, <laughs> kind of. So who knows? I mean, who knows? We don't know the source. The whole idea of source—that's egos, because it sees this, goes from there, there, and then it says, "Oh, source. The source of this. The source of that. The source." Fundamentally, that's a, a relative word. There is no fundamental source. Well, the ego mind, the self-centered mind, just can't stand not knowing why things, where things, what what's really valuable, what we really should be doing. I can tell you. Find out who you are. It's all about identity. Trump uh, Rinpoche had his students practicing elocution. Yeah. And occasionally you might point out how I'm enunciating or even yeah. pronouncing. Yeah. Um, well, like instead of saying probably, you say probably. Or the one that stands out is when I would say realtor. Yeah, instead of realtor. I think there was, I don't, maybe I'd say it right now, but there was an extra syllable maybe or an extra really? vowel. I think that comes from the, from the 
Spanish word, realitissimo. <laughs> Where's Daniel? <laughs> so I'm wondering not just yeah. the, the word choice, but how much attention should be given to the, the way we're actually constructing and presenting language. Uh, since you asked the question, then as that arises for you, you should look at it. I notice what I say, but I don't always say what I say. But I notice what I say. Why don't I say what I say? There's no sayer. It's not a not getting a credential from it. There's there there is an appearance here that is really strong, but it's not a person. It's not an old man. The old man will vanish soon, more than likely. And what you're listening to isn't going anywhere. You can't because it has not appeared. The voice will go away. It's not magic. It's just the way this is. Sir. Forgot your question? Huh? Boy, what I've, what I've been saying must be really interesting. <laughs> you said that um, something like this body will go away, but who, who is here isn't going anywhere. How do we continue to receive your teachings when you're not embodied as a person? Just, I'll just, I'm just in the other room. You notice if I go in the other room and then you go in there and I'm not there, and then you look go in the other room and I'm not there either. Where am I? Am I in the hojo? Am I in the white tar room? Am I in any? Where am I? Everybody carries everybody around with them. When somebody passes away, you'll notice they don't really don't go anywhere. They do because you can't find them and squeeze them or hug them or shake your finger at them. But they don't go anywhere. Here's a I noticed that I nod a lot in interviews with you. Should I stop doing that? Did you notice it? No, that's it. All you have to do is be aware of it. Not asking you to change when I say don't do this, don't do that. I'm endeavoring to get you to look at that situation. Usually, you anyone any, anyone who's having things go through their mind stream, it's only about observing that, not shutting it down and doing something else. So I wouldn't say that. I notice that. A lot of times, people will say something positive when they shake their head no. When they, they and then when they say something negative, they go. You notice that? Do I do that? Well, who's your doubt? <laughs> so there was someone uh, that spoke up on Zoom. San Bowen. I, I love fast-paced wordplay, and it brings me great joy. It quickly lends itself to gossip, etc., which I try and keep an eye on, every pun intended. What I wonder is, is is that fast? Thank you. Is that fast-paced wordplay? I'm going to explain that uh, Sanho happens to be totally blind, and he is uh, sewing a robe to be a monk. So, and he's also going to become a, an attorney and come in and uh, and do justice to the Michigan Department of Corrections. We're going to fix that. <laughs> well, it might take a hundred years, but we got to start. Go ahead, Sanho. Pardon me. Is fast-paced wordplay inherently out of accordance with the teachings? Sanho bowing. No, as long as there's, as long as you're aware, 
it's when there's uh, when you're just kind of talking about something and then those kind of kind of a doofus that kind of thing slips in you know as uh, uh and as goes on when i pointed that out to her not because i'm such a uh, word chef or anything but because she said yeah thank you know and she thanked me for saying that's i don't know if you said it was arrogance or something like that but it is it's a kind of it's a it's a soft uh under underlayment more powerful arrogance that we all see in some people or others so arrogant. That kind of arrogance uh, slips by and, is, uh, and supports all the other negativity. So yes, I would say enjoy yourself. I can't hardly keep up with you, so I scold you when you talk fast. <laughs> but just have fun with that. Have a good time, but the idea is not being harmful, but not hurting someone, being too we say gossipy or that. even though somebody someone's negativity show up we see them so we don't need to get our own what superiority over noticing how, how how full of themselves someone else is when we haven't really attained our attained understanding of our true nature we're still working on that yes it's a question from Shane in Virginia. Shane? Do you really yell at the television? If so, what do you say? Doggone it. <laughs> Darn. Heck. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are better clean up their act. No, and I, I do. I talk to it. I'm not. So Junior, that's where I learned it from. <laughs> <laughs> So the idea is to the idea is about awareness. It's not trying to be some show-off kind of wise guy. You, know, you should be genuine. Be genuine. Be the karma. Be the crap you might be trying to get rid of. If you can make that's my way of saying and make friends of yourself. Be that. Be that. Because it won't, nothing lasts. But if you stop fighting with something, its its longevity is highly curtailed. Don't fight with it. It's when you push, pull, shut down three poisons is when that tends to get its reality from what? Just a basic law of our existence. Patitya Samutpada, everything is dependently arisen, including your mind stream, including your apparent self, uh, self-centeredness. Realization just means that there is no, there is no one. It doesn't mean there isn't something there. It's an incredibly powerful wisdom mind. It doesn't, doesn't even belong to Buddhism, but Buddhism, the Buddha, stumbled into that somehow and began teaching it 2,500 years ago. Here we are, warm hand to warm hand. Michelle. Michelle, is there still harm that happens when we might, say, call somebody a doofus when they're not around? Is there still harm happening? There's harm to you in your mind stream because you're you're closing that down. You're taking someone, uh, someone's actual life as a person who functions in a certain way, and instead of opening, receiving that person as they are, you're you're not going to do that. You close it down and you get some identity. You get a little bit of taste, a smidgen of superiority by calling them a doofus. It's not much, but it's enough to. Uh, it's enough to close up one more opening that could lead you to liberation. Follow me? Where am I going? 
maybe. Saw another hand. Yes. It's hard to tell when it's a Pisces. Your, your hands look like flippers. <laughs> you take insults so well. Is that petty mind? No. Huh? No, I don't. <laughs> he said he, he doesn't do that. Go ahead. Um, often when you talk about, when you point out, don't do this, like don't say doofus, it's not about not doing that, it's about the awareness. Is there, it seems like we can kind of use that as a credential, like, well, I was aware that I said doofus. Is there a awareness about that that's not inclusive? I think there is. And I think, yes, I would say there definitely is. Uh, and this this begins to come upon one, you could say, as you train your mind to not push, not pull, and not shut down, then that open dimension, that area where the ego gets um, frightened of, of kind of an agoraphobia about too much space. Quite often that's what's happening when we, when we, when we make a remark like that. It's just, it's just too open. We have to, have to lock down, excuse me, lock down on it a little bit with is it helpful to, to tighten down and try not to do those things to get an idea of that? A little bit. And there I would say, to respond to the question more broadly, I would say it's going to be a little bit different with each person. Some people may need to stop that, shut that down altogether, and another person may need to work with it more. And, you know, more, I just try to see what it is. When I sometimes say, be the negativity you're trying to uh, get rid of, uh, the, what's being said there is, get, get a feeling for what that negativity is in, in your own mind stream, persona, however you want to say it, uh, with it. so that, that it's like that negativity gets the idea that you, you don't mind if it's there because you're, you're just, observing it, so there's no, there's no threat to it. So that aspect of the consciousness that is sometimes referred to as the seventh consciousness, or the, the paranoid part of the mind, you know, it kind of relaxes because you're just working with the negativity. There's no kind of intention to pull out the nuts and bolts and deconstruct everything. So you're now you're a pure consciousness with no negativity. It's a big misunderstanding and it shows up in so many ways. That's one of them. That's why awareness, awareness. And then if, there, if the awareness is primary, even if one is still tangled up in one's self-centeredness with one's narcissism, open fear about whatever, uh, then, then there starts something, some light starts to shine under the door, so to speak. We start to begin to open up to a wider dimension of being that does not support a separate self. Further questions out there in Zoom land? Thank you. I was going to ask, uh, when you're trying to describe why someone isn't understanding something, what is a polite way to do that, Sano Bowen? I think it's very situational, depending on you and depending on the person and what's been talked about for the last 10 minutes or the last 10 years. I think it's so, so situational. So I would... Uh, my overall statement would be, don't say anything. And since uh, 
events, it, it's situational, so it depends. Um, this, if I knew more about it, I might not say that, but the way you're asking me and just from knowing you, I would say less is better, but don't shut down, don't clamp down, don't, don't talk at all, but you can move the, the dynamic to the, of what is coming uh, back as a misunderstanding of what you just said. Uh, you could go in even you can pacify that a little bit, soften a little bit, and even even though you you know they're they're misunderstanding, uh, you could uh, it would have to be your style, not not mine. You would go in and say, "I'm kind of understanding how you're how you're looking at that." It's, you know, I, I can see how you would look at it that way, and you might actually point out some details of it. I'm not talking about manipulating the purpose person. I'm talking about communicating, and sometimes to communicate with a dragon. You might have to look into the dragon's eyes for a few minutes. So look in there and let's, let's see what you're saying there. Uh, I would take some exception to some part, one part of it. This that doesn't seem to be exactly what is what it is I'm intending. We could have a conversation about the discrepancy that you perceive, rather than say you don't understand or you got it all wrong or make it into some kind of negative thing. Is that helpful? It is. Anything else? Someone. Kevin Bowing. Kevin. Uh, you've said in the past that, um, paraphrasing, but that when we come to you with personal information that we shouldn't expect confidentiality and so I'm wondering, because confidentiality is so fetishized by relative, you know, groups like AA or therapy or whatever. And the work that we're doing seems so vulnerable and personal. How, what, what are we trying to hold on to by uh, advocating confidentiality bowing? Control. We want the, we can't control, but we want the illusion, we're going to settle for the illusion of control. You know, the whole HIPAA thing. That backfires and goes the other thing, where people can't get the help they need because of confidentiality. It's ridiculous. Not only that, it's stupid. Not only that, it's, they're all bobbleheads. <laughs> yeah, let me go a little further with that. What I would say is that the way I work as a Dharma teacher, I tell people, uh, if you're a student of mine, let me have it. I want to hear everything that you, everything that's there. But I won't, I won't swear to any confidentiality because I don't know but what the next person that walks in here actually needs to hear something about what I just heard from you. So I do it situationally. I don't uh, gossip. I gossip. Credentials here. I gossip. Say yes. Yes. You see? <laughs> so yeah, there. You know, you, you can't help but have a little bit of that going on, a little, but not much. Not much. You don't really need to talk about other people uh, just for some kind of entertainment. But there may be times. The reason I don't hold to that, and I let people know, uh, I'm not. I'm not confidential, but I'm also not chattering. Just like in the monastery, I say anything that's happening here because I'm a head person here, you could say, come to me, bring it to me, you know, talk, chatter back and forth about what she said or they did or whatever. 
come here and then, then we'll look at it, see if it's something we can work with. Maybe those three people, two people need to get together and talk a little bit and, and stress what I say, communication, cooperation, collaboration, CCC. So communicate, in other words, see. Kevin Bowing. So then this is hypo hypothetical, but how might a student work with feeling humiliated or exposed if they find out another student has heard about some intimate detail bowing i'll tell you I'll, I'll be very blunt about it if they're if they're both students of mine that's too bad bring it to me bring it to me you have the buddha the dharma and the sangha i am not obviously not the buddha but i'm a living being as are you the dharma is only alive through a living being Sangha is only alive through a living community. This is your, this is the direction to bring it. Not because I'm some kind of wise guy. So I, I follow you totally. And that, that would be part of the dynamic that happens in terms of the teacher, the student, uh, the community, and, and the teaching of nothing is separate. If you have more, Kevin, I'd love to hear it. Um, I mean, that, that makes sense to me. I'm just re reminded of when the, I think the first time I came to Soka Koji, uh, there was a, a female student who was gossiping to me about feeling gossiped about <laughs> by the group. And I remember feeling kind of on edge and, and, and wanting to be very protective of what I divulged about myself. And that since has subsided, but I guess um, I, I, I how how do we maintain? Is there any way to kind of carry that attitude of openness into relative circumstances or bowing? I think it takes time, and I I think. Uh, Teaching person is where that comes from. Not just this person, but the lineage, going back centuries, the lineage. Uh, but I think it takes time. And as, as soon as long as one is not clear about one's fundamental identity, they may get hooked on the whole gossipy talking about this or talking about that or get their feelings hurt about this or that. So I, I would say if, if in our situation here, I tell everyone who lives here, a dozen or so people, if you run into anything like that, come and see me. We'll talk about it. We'll try to communicate about it rather than just make it, she said this about me, and I think they're gossiping, and everyone's talking about me uh, about me uh, behind my back. And so we run into that. It's painful. It's terribly painful to think that your drama brothers and sisters are gossiping about you and trying to destroy you or, or defame you or or criticize your relationships or any of that. You have to be forthcoming. That doesn't mean you come out and start sharing uh, everything you uh, do. It doesn't mean that you go the other way and start to just say everything. It should always be situational. And one of the situations in the situational is how clear you are about what is occurring in your mind stream and in your life stream. If they look like two different things, then the circularity will continue. Further, Kevin? Yeah, yes, it, I'm, this is adjacent, but 
I remember working um, when I worked at Shambhala, there would be the gates of speech poster in our office. And like, basically it was like, is what you have to say true? Are you sure it's true? I mean, like there, there was some, some sort of like uh, a series of gates that where you were meant to like check off before you said anything. Um, are those, is that anything that you uh, teach or adhere to? Oh, you know how I teach that? Shut up. Don't say anything unless you have to. And then if you're working out of that and if you're training your mind, if you're, if you're looking at the wall, if you, if you have a relationship with the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, then what comes up, comes up, comes out of the situation. Because if you try to adhere to, adhere to structures like that, albeit very accurate in a lot of situations, that might be the very best thing to do. But on the spiritual path, uh, it has to come out of the awareness. I don't want followers. What do I want? I want I want what I already have, what I'm already looking at, Buddhas. I don't see anything but the Buddha, but I see a lot of people who don't realize their true nature. Do I help? I make no promises, but that's what I'm endeavoring to do. So that other situation uh, falls more in line with uh, Trungpa Rinpoche's idea of creating a, an enlightened society. He, he wanted to use lots of structures. Very, very valuable thing to do. He, he we have students everywhere that, that were affected and not only affected by him, but were, um, were fundamentally helped. He might have even had a few that attained awakening. I don't know. Go ahead, John. Thank you. Good morning. Mm -hmm. Following up a bit on uh, Kevin's question, uh, would you say that uh, third-party conversations are inherently petty speech? The way that I understand you uh, to be asking the third-party situation, I would say more than likely, more than likely, unless there's some kind of a, of a form, that would be a time to set up a form. Or this is why our, our study groups are, uh, there's a, might not look like it when you join, but there's a very strong form that is, a, a, that is a, a observed uh, during that. So, that, so yeah, that, that. Go ahead, please. I'm sorry, just, just to clarify that. So that form is um, keep the conversation in the room as opposed to referring to, say, a person yes. who's not present. Yes, yeah. unless, unless it's me, unless it's the teacher. We'll say it that way. And why? Because the teacher's not separate from anything. So everybody's always present because there's no agenda. The only agenda is to save all beings. And that's what I'm uh, endeavoring to encourage everyone to do. Further on that, John? Good question. Well, uh, I like the so, tone of that. I like uh, the of that well. Well, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, without uh, having a uh, discussion here, um, I don't want to have those. No. So, um, you know, you and I haven't been the students of the same teacher for a very long time. Um, I, I became increasingly. Um, aware of not having a third party conversation concerning the teacher not doing that um 
not for any uh, ultimate reason, particularly, you know, in terms of some ultimate view, but more in terms of my own um, practice of discursiveness, which was the word that was used in those days, um, or petty speech, which is a, also a good word. Yes. I think it can be destructive. I, I agree. I agree with you totally. It can be very destructive and painful and cause a lot of cause a lot of pain and the person that is triggering that it might be so dull that they don't even know they've done it but they that's the way people cover up their suffering is by torturing others sometimes obviously the case of germany or russia or name it well including including the teacher maybe in other words it could be destructive to the listener if the teacher who is not present, who's a third party, is referred to in highly pejorative terms, it could be it could be uh, harmful. Seems to me. It could be. It could be. Yeah. But not necessarily, but it could be. Could be. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the <laughs> question. Thank you for participating. Appreciate My it. friend. Thank you. Any further questions? Thank uh, you. I got my shoes mixed up. <laughs> there's too many shoes. There's a Sen shoe and there's a Jun shoe. And I just referred to the Jun shoe as a Sen shoe because they didn't put their shoes away. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. I don't know why that took me. <laughs> well, it's funny. It shows you when you're dealing with old people. <laughs> Go ahead. A uh, question from Jeremy in Portland. Yes, Jeremy in Portland. I find it very challenging and sometimes obstructive to my peace of mind when people are excessively talkative about nothing in general. Do you have any advice about how to keep cool or deal with that? Yeah, one thing, if you're in an environment where people are just what chattering about things, I think that's what you're talking about, just kind of a chattering speech, is uh, uh, don't, don't necessarily uh, try to try to squeeze some interest or entertainment or um, uh, excuse me, meaning out of that. But so, uh, so just receive every, receive that, but receive the tones of the voices, receive the, the, the spaces between the words, receive the color of their clothing, receive their body language when they sit back, when they lean forward, when they say a particular word, this, this accompanies it, or this, this. This is what, when Chazan first was early giving his uh, talks, did he leave? Yeah, he did. Good, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about him. <laughs> so when Chazan, you know that one guy? You know him? When he was giving early Dharma talks a few years ago, his practice talks, he would make a talk and go, blah, 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 blah. That's petty. Questions from Yarki? Hmm. Spell that. E-J-A-R-K-I. Okay. I've started doing longer sits, two to three hours lately, and find myself flitting between resting as awareness and asking, who am I? 
When I rest as awareness, I'm just more aware of monkey mind. In short, I feel like Shikantaza is getting me nowhere while finding out who this awareness meditating is. While finding out who this awareness meditating is self-inquiry style feels like a potential opening, and I'm torn between them. Any advice? Do whatever you think you should do. Do what you're doing there is uh, Atma Vichara self-inquiry. That's valid. Do it. Do both. Uh, and chicken Taza will not get you anywhere. So the downside of what you're saying is how you feel about it. The upside of what you're saying is that's how it feels to walk up this mountain. That's how it feels. So I would leave it up to you. Do a little of each or, or stop doing chicken ties all the way. Spend a year doing uh, self-inquiry, if that's what you're saying. They have a follow-up. Okay. When I do chicken taza, I feel relaxed just being aware of the fact that I'm sitting. But I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere besides being aware of being aware. Do I just need to sit more and longer? Since you're asking me, sure. Yeah, sit, sit more and longer. Relate to the, don't leave out the, uh, the three jewels. I don't know how, where you're at or what you're up to there, but community, Sangha, teaching, study some teachings with Sangha, not just read a book and yourself and come to your own conclusions about what Vasubandhu is saying. Talk to others about it and see that you may not know what Vasubandhu is saying. And also relate with the teacher. It doesn't have to be this guy. It could be someone else you have a strong connection with. Was, seems to be more clear than you are. I just made fun of you. Do you know that? No. I, I gave a demonstration of your Dharma teaching. Only you actually you said the Dharma, but since my memory doesn't work well, from what you said. But I remember this. How's that coming? I would say something. I think that's very correct. Further questions? Yu Hong Baoying. Young, go ahead. Is there a difference between transparency and honesty? Baoying. So, transparency uh, has kind of a visual, you know, see, we see something and it's there, but we kind of we see through it. So, I don't need to explain it to you, you know. But honesty uh, has a resonates with that is similar, so it has a similar kind of feeling to it. Um, the honesty that is needs to occur from this point of view of the spiritual path is be honest with yourself. Stop deceiving yourself. Just when I say stop deceiving yourself, you might have to look at that self deception and see that it's still happening. It still feels icky. It still feels you know makes us feel kind of a little bit ashamed of ourselves because we're so we're so full of some kind of spinning around that seems to be harmful to our other to ourselves. We seem we notice our petty mind is showing up and going away and shows and we think we've got gotten rid of it. You will not get rid of petty mind. You don't have to. Just be aware of it. And it it'll find its own its own place in the universe. Dependent origination. There's no self in the scandus. There's no self anywhere. This is an incredible illusion. There's a person sitting here talking to you know, a couple dozen other people. This is an illusion. Who's talking about this? I'm not, not many. 
and not in many places. And some pre pre pretend to do that, but don't actually do it because they're promoting something because they have an agenda. The only agenda here is listening to this, is to save all beings. How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you save yourself from the, the complete uh, cyclic movement of insanity and craziness, passion, aggression, ignorance, warfare, peace, fair, warfare, peace, fair. life and death, life and death, life and death. Find out. Realize your true nature. See, uh, you have a connection here, which you may or may not. I'll help you. You can Go ahead, please. You can If you always say that less is better, if I need to produce, how I can be aware of my transparency, not really falling into the petty speech? Uh, you know, you know, just that you can ask that question that you tell me you're you're sorting that out and looking at it, and you're actually doing that. I, all I can say is continue to look at that, continue to to not in so far as you can. Don't conclude anything, even that I'm um, confused or even that I can't figure this out. Keep the situation, the primary production that's coming out of your mind stream or out of your life stream, or out of your family, or out of, out of the teacher, and just receive that, just receive it, just receive it. And, and notice over time that the, the, the so-called self of Yuhong is not solid. There's some, it tends to feel pretty good and then not feel so good, feel pretty good and then not, and it's dependent. And the, the feelings that come and go are not the issue from the point of view of the spiritual path. From the mundane path, they are. Take medication so you won't feel depressed. Take another something else so you'll feel uh, have a mood stabilizer. I'm not against it. That might be the only the only option you have. Some people are not ready to do what we're doing here as meditators. Not ready. This is hard to do, and, it, and it, you can't just tell someone to meditate. You can't even suggest it to people. They almost have to come to you and say, "What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm meditating. How do I do that?" So what I'm saying, going back to your question, I would say you're observing what you need to observe. Just watch the movement there. Don't interfere. Don't meddle with your mind and try to shape some, reshape something. If you're talking to me, now if you're talking to reading Atisha Seven Points of Mind Training, there's lots of different ways of doing that that are more um, not conditional, not against those. But I would say, from hearing from you and responding to you, I say all you have to do is keep going because you've got it. What have you got? Not much. It's not going to be a credential. You're not going to feel good necessarily, but just continue to do that. Don't give up. Find out who you are. You already know in a sense, but it's covered up by fear, covered up by pain, covered up by, oh, I'm so deceiving myself, or how can I be more genuine, more honest? Just look at it. Just continue to look at it. Uh, if, you, if you need to, uh, dedicate yourself to others. Say the Bodhisattva vows everywhere. It's been all over in the Mahayana tradition for a long time. I vow to be with all things. I vow to save all beings. Take refuge in the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Saga. I vow to be with all things. And do it as a structure, as a, a ritual. It doesn't have to be chanting uh, sutras for half an hour. But just, just some way of keep returning to the, bring your attention back to your original intention, intention to realize your true nature.
Nice show, Bowling. Nice show. How do we know when we're not sharing enough, Bowling? So a little bit similar to what Young is, uh, same uh, similar kind of response is I think if you're asking that question, you're probably you're probably sharing enough. If you're asking that question, that means you're looking at that conditionally. For the last three days, maybe you haven't been uh, sharing or, or telling uh, others, uh, depending on who it is you're referring to, with Sangha, with uh, with the teacher, uh, with your mom and dad, or with, with anyone who is in your milieu. So it's, I think it's so individual. So I don't know if to say there's a specific, well, you're going to know that you're not sharing enough when, when this happens, when that happens. I don't think it's that uh, simplistic. I think it's uh, coming back to the basic thing, as I, I often say, I'm saying now, don't do anything unless you have to. So the sharing thing, you could, if you're not, you know, it's not about this is what's going on and I should be sharing all this. No, there's no standard there. So the most important thing for you to do as someone who's sewing a robe to be a monk and with your particular health condition, which is terrible, is stay in touch with me. Not because I can fix you, but because you can see your true nature. Stay in touch. Here's a follow-up from Jeremy in Portland. This first question was about um, how challenging it is to listen to people excessively talking about nothing. And his follow-up says, so are you saying to show more interest, almost study the chatterbox? Uh, not, not study. I wouldn't make it a project. But if you're in a situation that you can't step out of and go to a, some other more uh, um, more uplifted situation, you're in the chatterbox village and that's where you're going to have to be for the next two hours or three hours because you work there or something like that, then, yeah, then, then it might be hard to receive because what happens is you, I'm not accusing you of anything, are not, don't really understand the nature of receiving. The nature of receiving is not to understand. That's a misunderstanding. The nature of receiving is to listen. What happens is the five little dudes that are hanging on to everything, the form, feeling, perception, concept, consciousness, they get together and say, me and my stuff, my life, my ideas, my opinions. Those, those are just, those are definitely risen. That's what that teaching is about. That's why it's called the five heaps, because each heap is just a heap of stuff, a heap of a body, a heap of feeling, a heap of perception, a heap of chatterboxing, and a heap of the six sense fields and their objects all coming back. And uh, the way Trunk Burnaby would talk about it, it's like the six sense fields come back like, almost like arrows or a needle, go all the way back through the the middle three back to form and convince us there's somebody. Not too true. Those are all self-existing. The feeling one wants wants company. It doesn't want to be by itself feeling. It wants to body. That's why sometimes if you have intense feeling, your it happens in your body. You start to feel, feel in your chest, in your stomach, in your your whole polyvagal system. All the nerves and everything from ancient times are showing up especially the ones that cause you to freeze.
A question from Adriana in Kalamazoo. Adriana. If I notice that I am dissatisfied with a relationship, is it enough just to notice the dissatisfaction? Well, it might start there. You might want to get out of it. Why, why stay there if it's... Unless there's some kind of dynamic there that, that I don't you know, it's not showing forth, but you could just get out of there. I mean, you could also, kind of either or somewhat, but stay there. There's so many, it's so situational. How, how, what would you do? You could look at, at the whole thing and uh, just determine whether you need to, to stay there longer or whether you go another direction. I think the most important thing for you, Adriana, that I would say is train your mind. Spend a lot of time in the cushion. I'm not talking about an hour a day. It's got to be more than that. Not not two hours a day or three hours a day, but try to find some. That's why we came up with the idea of block setting. Hard to get everybody into a retreat, but we can say, well, sit there for four hours, especially with Zoom on Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon. Uh, in Eastern Standard Time, you can find people anywhere from one or two up to quite a few more, all sitting in real time facing the wall. Sangha. Very important. Just to see someone else doing something that you know is hard to do. And here's someone else, it's hard for them to do that too, but they're doing it because of their dedication, my way of saying it, to seeing the truth. That was where I started at when I was very young. I want to know what is true. I started out with my grandmother, who was a born-again Christian. I put her on the spot. What's it like in heaven? She told me. I'm not going to tell you guys. She told me. That would be gossip. Wulong bowing. Wulong. Um, in, in talking earlier about confidentiality, I was wondering the difference between confidentiality and anonymity. Um, and I'm wondering what, what does anonymity that is not protecting look like? Let's say a little bit, give me a, let's use your intellect to do this rather than mine. So for example, there's anonymity that, that protects your fear of being revealed. Um, and then there's anonymity that, uh, for example, a poem that is offered without a name, without a thumbprint attached to it. So I'm wondering what defines the protection versus complete openness and non-protecting bowing. Well, if you, I'll say, I'll give you an example. If you write a poem, you or anyone, you write a poem, don't sign it anonymous. Never. I can tell you that. That would be, I'm not saying situationally, there might come a time when because of this, this, and this, I want to just not say this because the situation would stop it. But generally speaking, always say who you are. Even if you're, you just received a, a Dharma name, you can, I encourage people to use Dharma names. Very, very helpful. If you're working with, with a mistaken identity, let's start by changing your name so that the name you were given at birth, which reaffirms every time you hear it, reaffirms who you are relative to your, your 
mother and your father, your society and everything. Not wrong, but having a different name will help you. Some people a little bit, some people a tremendous amount. Some people, I have one student who's actually legally changed his name. You never know what his original name is. Wulong Bowing, in the case of, for example, uh, making a donation anonymously, is there some ego tracing in signing anonymous there? Yes, of course. There, there's going to be, you know, how big do you make the A in anonymous? Anonymous. <laughs> so I'm saying it's showing up everywhere. I'm being a little silly, but I'm saying it's everywhere. You can't, you can't, you know. Someone is like uh, Suzuki Roshi said, if someone is watching you, you can hide from them. But if no one is watching you, you can't hide from yourself. So that's why sitting meditation is so powerful for you. You're not going to hide from yourself. You're not going to hide from yourself. You're not going to hide anymore. You're going to see what this is yourself. You're going to do it. And so I say there, again, it's situational. Sometimes you, you might not want to, just because of the situation, it might be just better to do it situationally. Um, give some, but donate something. Not, not say who it's from. That, that, when I say situational, that's a really strong one because it, don't do anything else you have to. So, but you could say, well, if I don't have to sign my name, um, I don't have to do that, then I won't. It might be a misunderstanding of what I'm saying. Sign your name, but be, say who it is. Wulong bowing. I'm, I'm curious now hearing you talk about anonymous, but when I read something that is that is signed anonymous that we don't know the origin, it's it's different than when I know the author or the source of it. I'm not sure what that means, but it's a different. It, it's received differently. I think I think it is. It's everything's definitely risen, so everything is affecting everything else, including all of your pre preconceptions and presumptions about everything, about the anonymity of anybody. Uh, if you, you know, Shakespeare is kind of anonymous in a way because they're not absolutely positive, except in the opinion of some people, of who that person really was as far as their their real name, who they really were. There's lots of that that's unstable as far as the any of now. Thank you. Certainly. Jason Bowen. Jason, go ahead. Um, I know that you don't often like give us things to to do, but you do give some suggestions, like when you're listening to somebody, just go kind of look beyond the words and just see what's going on elsewhere. Um, you know how their arms move, what the color of the shirt is, etc. Um, or just don't do anything unless you have to. You give us these little tidbits that kind of sound like action to me, but like, um, how do you reconcile, how, how do I or we reconcile like, oh, we, we should be kind of actively looking beyond, you know, or doing this action versus just being aware. Give me a question. Like the reconciliation or like the, I, there's that split. So how do, in our mind, how do we make sense of that difference between awareness and action? 
bowing. Spend a lot of time facing the wall. Train your mind. Spend a lot of time just hold still, watch the movement. Uh, we can reconcile that intellectually or conceptually, and you may be satisfied for a while, but it's not about being satisfied. It's, it's about looking into the spaciousness of everything. Space is not satisfying to that which wants a credential or wants to know or wants safety. Wants. Not satisfying. It's, but it's the truth. It's uh, What this actually is, is just full of holes from the ego point of view and full of uh, unending vastness, which can't be measured. And you're not separate from it. But don't believe me. Don't believe me. I'm telling you what it is because I, I talk out of what I see. I see it everywhere. All the time. And it's not your concept of what that experience would be like. So you can't keep taking that and saying, am I seeing vastness? I really like Sogazan. I really want to see what Sogazan sees. Uh, I'll tell you how to see what Sogazan sees. See Sogazan. Uh, Jason Bowling. So so when I when that when I hit that point where I'm kind of aware that like, oh should I be being aware or should I you be doing this thing. Um, what is that? What is that that I'm meeting up against? It's just a position. You, you just tend to take positions. You know, you're you're a highly intelligent man, uh, without a doubt. As you know, you hear me say, I'm not complimenting. I'm just describing, interacting with you. You have a really strong thinking process, and you you're able to categorize and analyze, and you know, just kind of fuss around with everything. So. Uh, Make it go this way, make it go that way. So you, but you, you run into somebody that's not going to do that with you. But what I'm saying is, you find out. You look at your mind. You look at that. All of that discursiveness that comes and goes. And I was looking for reference points. Just look at that. Just witness that. Just be with that. Just receive. Just receive. Receive from your own mind. Receive from the, from the teacher. Receive from the Dharma. Receive from the Sangha. Put a Dharma and Sangha. This is the, the whatever they call those things. I'm not going to get any help from anybody. If you, if you spell it without a, if you spell it without an L, I'll accept that. Twos, not tools. Twos. Everything is two. Two of this. There's this and there's that. There's this and there's that. Thank you, Alan. Pretty good at receiving, Jason. You're getting better and better. You're improving. I rarely say that to anybody. Further <laughs> questions? Very well. Thank you for your participation, for joining us, and for your questions and your. Uh, receiving. We have an online Sangha. Works pretty good. May the merit of this penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus,
and directions of three worlds, all Buddhas, all Venerable Ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the Great Prajna, Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering and fill them. If you value the teachings of Sokuzan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokukoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokukoji.org.